See, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I usually say. The devil don't want me to talk to you today, tell you this message, but uh, the king reigns. Somebody say amen. amen. So good to see you. Welcome online community. Thank you for joining. We've got some great visitors here today. Thank you for choosing Creekside Community Church to be here. We actually have some special visitors. I didn't tell them I was going to do this because that's how pastors roll, you know. But we have some very special visitors today, uh, special to this place, special to Creekside, special to the legacy of this building, special to the beginnings of what Creekside is now when this church was Hot Springs Christian Church. Uh, I want to acknowledge Pastor Dwayne Hornbeck and his wife, Barbara. Would you guys stand up? This was the first pastor to serve in this building. Can we give him some love and applause and his wife? Their son, Steve, and his wife and beautiful kids are here as well. They visit us from time to time. It's my first time to, to meet Pastor Dwayne, and I told him, you know how it goes? I said, I've heard so much about you, and he goes, well, it's not all true. But it was all good. It was always good. And Pastor Dwayne and Barbara, thank you for answering God's calling Thank you for all, uh, he even told me he was on the building when the roof was being built. So he has led a life of exemplary service. You couldn't have come on a better day because that's kind of what the message is talking about, is opening our eyes and ears to what God's calling us to do and how we should be answering the call of God because there's a lot of lost people around us who don't have their eyes or ears open. So let's get right into the message. As you can imagine, talking about eyes that see and ears that hear, how many of you are like me? Sometimes we just take our eyesight, the ability to see, and the ability to hear me as you're hearing me now for granted, maybe until we see a a, a blind person. And you know I'm a big music buff. Uh, Talking about blindness, I, I thought of two of my musical heroes, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder. And they're both blind and they're both gifted and talented, but, but they were blind from different things. Stevie Wonder was actually born blind. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine never knowing what a sunset looks like? Ray Charles actually began to progressively go blind in his childhood due to eye disease. And I don't know which one's worse, never seeing or seeing and then having that ability taken away from you. But I do know this, we as Christians sometimes have allowed ourselves to be inundated by culture and the enemy's distraction to where we have somewhat become spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. And we're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the voice of the world. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus because guess what? The ones that don't know Jesus, the lost people, are really spiritually blind and deaf. So what's our responsibility? We're going to look at that today in the scriptures. What about the ones? How should we be to the ones who don't see Jesus, the Jesus of scripture, and who have never heard the gospel? Our main text comes from the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah 35, 4 through 7, it says, Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come and save you. There's a promise. But watch verse 5. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. 
This is also prophecy because Jesus did come. We know this through the Gospels, right? He opened people's eyes physically and he made the deaf hear. He made the lame walk. He rose the dead. So Isaiah is telling what's coming down the pike in God's master plan. Verse 6, then the lame will leap like deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I want you to get that image. Because I I believe we as Christians in Christianity, in this culture, even in this nation we live today, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've felt like water in the desert. That I'm the only one practicing the faith, unless I'm with my brothers and sisters. In the workplace and in the community and what I see transpiring around me. Waters will gush forth. No, no, notice it's not a trickle or a little bitty spill. It will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay by lay grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. So God gives Isaiah this picture. Because remember, we've gone through some Old Testament. We know, hopefully by now, going through the lectionary and preaching through the word as we've done, we've seen the people of Israel turn their hearts time and time again from God. And God tells Isaiah, the day's coming when I'm going to send my son, the suffering servant, to open people's eyes, both physically and spiritually, and to open their ears, and to heal them, and to allow them to walk, to walk in a walk of faith. I love our New Testament passage, James 2, 1 through 10 says this, my brothers and sisters, believers, notice he's talking to believers, to us, in our glorious Lord Jesus must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes to your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. Suppose someone really well-dressed, and suppose somebody that looks like a bum comes into your assembly, James says. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, hey, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Same's true today. Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to who you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, watch this, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right, but if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on just one point is guilty of breaking all of the law. Think about that. That's why Jesus came. A lot of us could keep a lot of the law, but we could never keep all of it because there's one thing going to hang us up. Jesus was, is, and always will be the only sinless person ever to walk the earth. So he set the example for us. Verse 10, for whoever keeps the 
whole law, yet stumbles at one point, is guilty of breaking of it all. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Did you hear that? Judgment without mercy. I don't know about you. I want to be in the mercy line of all the stuff that I've done in my past. I don't want to be judged on just what I've done. I want the blood of Jesus and his mercy and his grace. Put me in that line. That's what I want. And that's what I want for people around me that don't know him. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? What good is it if you say you're a Christian but you never get off the couch? What is it good to say you're a believer and never find your calling or never utilize the gift that God has given you? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but do nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Watch verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead. And I'm going to be bold. There's a lot of Christians walking around out there with some dead faith because they have no action of God in their life. They're Christians in name only. Their eyes are blind and their ears are deaf to what God is saying to them. God is still speaking. Can I give you a newsflash? He'll speak to you if you open the Bible. He'll speak to you in prayer. He'll speak to you when you seek to hear what he says. He's never stopped speaking. Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. When the psalmist wrote this, he wrote it that God is always around us. The scepter of the wicked will not remain. Somebody say hallelujah. The wicked won't be in charge forever. They are in this fallen world, but the day is coming when Jesus upends that. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. That's happened too. I've said this before. We live in an age now, unfortunately, where good is actually called evil and evil is called good. And some believers have fell under the influence of the wicked rather than staying true to God. So how do we live? Let's look at the verse. Lord, verse 4, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But to those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with evildoers, with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. So how do we do this? How do we impact and influence those around us who don't hear the words of the gospel, the transformation, powerful message of Christ, who don't see faith lived out in works? 
faith in action, actually taking, peop- taking things to people who have needs rather than say, well, I hope somebody takes care of this. How do, how do we engage that? Well, here's some life applications for us. Number one, until Jesus returns, we won't be able to fully see and hear. We're not perfect yet. There's a day coming when we will understand, but that doesn't mean we don't stop striving to listen to God, to see where God is at work, and plug in. But I gotta be honest, some of us that call ourselves Christians aren't even trying. Again, we're not even getting off the couch. We're just kind of letting things go by. But until Jesus returns, we won't be able to fully see and hear, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be trying to. Trying to see where God is. I just want to challenge you. Where, where's the biggest area that God is at work in your life right now? Is it your marriage? Is it parenting your kids during a pandemic? It's hard. Are you in a spiritual rut? Have you just not felt like God's present? What, what's the biggest thing challenging you that, that, that if you dug deep, you'd say, God, you know, like, like, like Mary J prayed, I, I just want to know more of your presence. I want to come into your being, Lord, and find out who you are to me. More importantly, how you want me to be for you in my time, in my life, in my generation. Number two, until Jesus returns, we should not look at the external, but the internal, and be putting our faith in action. Eyes to see, ears to hear. So many times, I don't know why we have this in us as humans, but we all do it. We all stereotype, don't we? We see that homeless guy with a sign at the intersection. And sometimes we instantly say, well, he's just a con guy. Is that any different than what the word says? We see somebody and say, hey, be warm and be filled and go on your way. And we go home or we drive through Chick-fil-A and go about life. Faith put into action. We have to stop looking at just the external circumstances of people's life and looking at the heart matters of their life. Looking, maybe they're trying to find Jesus. Maybe they've never heard about Jesus. I, I think we get jaded on that. Do you guys? That we're such a Christian nation that everybody knows about Jesus. I guarantee you, and almost 40,000 people, there's some people in Hot Springs and Garland County don't have a clue who Jesus is. Amen? They really don't. They've heard of church, but they don't know the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And who's supposed to be telling them? We are. Eyes to see, ears to hear. Number three, unless we are striving to understand with our hearts, here's a big one. Here's how it works, church. Unless we are striving to understand with our hearts, we will never clearly see and hear what God's doing all around us. It's a journey of about 18 inches, but some, for some of us, it's the longest trip in the world to get our head aligned with our heart. 
especially when our heart is aligned with God. Let me read that again. Unless we are striving to understand with our hearts where our emotional center is, we will never clearly see and hear what God is doing all around us. Do you know how I know this? Jesus said so. Matthew 13, 15, 16. For this people's heart, and he's talking to his generation, but oh, it speaks to us. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed. Lest, come on Jesus, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And how we do that, Jesus, tell us, and understand with their hearts. And then what do we do, Jesus? And turn. That word means repent. And what will you do, Jesus? And I would heal them. There's a lot of people walking around out there that can't see and can't hear. But they should be able to. And if they'd only acknowledge that, if they'd only have a repentance moment, if they only have a humble moment, Jesus says, hey, you can do it in instance. You can say, Lord, I've been a slacker. Lord, forgive me of the things I've thought and done. I want to see you. I want to hear. I want to hear your scriptures in my ears, Lord. And Jesus says, if you'll just do that, I'll turn and heal you. Point four, Jesus was constantly revealing the hidden wisdom of God, but only to those who had eyes to see and ears to hear could understand in their hearts. How many times in the Gospels did the disciples, we're so like the disciples, or at least I am, Jesus would tell them or do something in front of them, and they'd say, uh, Jesus, what did you mean by that? Uh, and I love, there's one point where Jesus, uh, if you don't think Jesus was ever snarky, you missed it. I, I mean, think about it. Running around the country with a bunch of guys, 12, doing miracles in front of them, and they say, uh, can you explain that one to us, Jesus? There's one time where he says, how long have I been with you? Don't tell me he wasn't frustrated. And we're so like that, aren't we? We read his word, we see things, God shows up in our life, and we're like, I just don't really understand. Well, open your eyes and open your ears. But more importantly, understand with your heart. Because I'll tell you this, the enemy, especially on social media and everything we've got going on today, is battering your eyes and ears. And you need your heart to discern and understand what's true and what's not. And what I should listen to and what I shouldn't. Jesus was constantly revealing the hidden wisdom of God, but only to those who had eyes to see, ears to hear, could really understand it in their hearts. So that brings us to our challenge this morning. Here's your challenge. I'm going to make it personal. When's the, think about it, take a minute, pause. When's the last time you told someone around you or showed someone around you the gospel or your personal testimony? Think about that. Think, how long's it been? Maybe it was yesterday, pray it was. Maybe it was last week. 
I'm willing to guess for some of you it's been months. I hope that it's none of you say, I never have. Because I've told you from the man in the tomb story, Jesus told him, go and tell people what I have done for you. Every single one of us that has walked an aisle or accepted Jesus or call ourselves a Christian can tell our salvation story. You, you've got something to tell. You've got something to say. You don't have to go to Bible school, seminary. You don't have to call yourself a pastor or preacher. You're a believer, a child of God, and God wants you to share the story of what Jesus has done for your life. And you walk in a circle that only you walk in. You walk in circles I can't walk in and vice versa. And that's opposed to every single one of you. Scott can go into places I can't go and vice versa. Sharon has a group of friends that I don't have. Gary can get in a workplace I'm not always in. Craig has a circle of friends that I don't know all of them. When is the last time you told someone around you or showed them the gospel or your personal testimony. I want to leave it. I want to challenge you just a little more, and then we'll be done. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about that group of people that you have influence and impact over. Think if they were all, think if they were all in this room or any room you want. What should people think when you walk in that room? You ever thought about that? What do they think when you walk into the room? Well, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, here's what should happen when you walk into a room or a group of people. Number one, light walks in. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. You ever thought about that? I'll tell you this. I bet some of you can admit this. I've walked into some dark rooms. Anybody with me? You're a light bearer. Light walks in. Hope walks in. You ever been hope for anybody? You ever seen anybody just about to quit, throw in the towel, maybe even give it all up? And you happen to, God happens to orchestrate you in their path. Your hope. Be a hope dealer. If you're going to deal something, deal hope. Give hope out to people. Because I'll tell you what, this nation, this society, this culture, Garland County Hot Springs needs hope more than it needs anything else right now. Truth walks in. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should be filled with the truth. You don't call evil good and good evil. Truth walks in. And if somebody's saying or stating or leading someone astray with falsehood or untruth, you be truth. And I, I, I've pushed my kids to say, speak the truth even if it means your demise. Even if you get fired, speak the truth. Even if that friend walks away, even if that family member leaves, speak the truth. Jesus spoke the truth to the very last minute, did he not? Are you who they say you are? Are you the son of God? I am, and you will see me and my angels coming in the clouds. Speak the truth. 
encouragement walks in. Some of you have that gift. Some of you, and I've got feedback from some of you, some of you, some of you here, people like being around you because you're always optimistic and you encourage them to do better. You encourage them to be a better version of themselves. It is a spiritual gift. But you don't have to have that spiritual gift to be encouraging. You can give them a word of encouragement. The Bible's full of them. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus paid the highest price to ransom you. Here's a big one. Grace walks in. It's another thing we need way more of, amen? Grace. To the person hurt in church, to the person that maybe doesn't look like us, to the person who has a different lifestyle than us, to the person who's made bad choices, to the person who someone said, you'll never amount to anything, you be grace. You be Jesus. And give them a word of grace. And last, but certainly not least, if you're a follower of Christ, every time you walk into a room, love should walk in. We just read it, didn't we? What matters most is love your neighbor. The second most commanded. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Do, do people think these things about you, these, these five, th- six things? Think about it. When's the last time it got back to you that when you were in a group or something, they said, you know, they really care about me. I like being around them because, you know, they love me as I am, scars, ragged edges, and all. You know how they do that? Through the one above it, with grace. When you walk into your group, when you walk into any room, do these things walk in with you as a child of God? Because church, now more than ever, We are surrounded by people who need the gospel of Jesus to transform their life, to transform their life. And we can only do that because we make the decision to see with our eyes what God is doing, to hear with our ears what God has said, and to understand with our hearts church, what God is calling us to do and who God is calling us to be. And we need to be that to these people because they need light and they need hope and they need truth and they need encouragement and they need grace and most of all, they need love. Who are those people in your life today? Have you had on blinders? Have you been sidetracked and distracted? Are you not seeing what God's doing in your life and counting it with gratitude? Are you not hearing either through messages or the word or, or other believers giving you words of wisdom? Are you not hearing what God is saying to you? And again, most importantly, are you not seeking to understand with your heart 
what it is God wants for you in your time in this generation. You know, you were picked to live out in the generation you're living in. God knows the number of our days. He put you in this generation. God, when you were born, God knew that all of us were going to go through a pandemic. How amazing is that? He chose you to be during this time until he calls you home. But what are you going to do with it? I'm going to pray. If you need to pray prayers of restoration in your heart, please do. If you're listening this morning and you need Jesus, you need to meet this Jesus, make a confession of faith, put him on in baptism, we'd love to assist you with that. But I'm going to center my prayer because I'm preaching to me too because I don't always see everything God's doing in my life. And I don't always hear everything God's trying to yell at me. And I'm sure as long as I wear this flesh until I get that glorified body and be transformed, I don't always understand with my heart but I'm trying to, and I want you to try to. Let's pray. Father, as I said, I want to center my prayer on this one wish, request, petition to you. God, I believe everybody here, I'm going to make a big say, I believe everybody here in the sound of the sanctuary loves you and wants to know you more. I believe everybody tuned in into our online community does the same. And Father, we all need to continually seek a higher level. So God, this morning, right now, God, would you impress upon our hearts to see with eyes that see your handiwork. Maybe it's just that, that that word. Maybe it's the appreciation of a rainbow you place in the sky. Maybe it's the way you protect the family from illness or accident. Always let us have that attitude of gratitude. But God, help us to see you at move. Help us to to tie into your Holy Spirit moving ahead of us and behind us and beside us to lead us how you would have us led. Open our ears, Father, whether it's listening to a podcast or the, the word on our phones or whether it's our morning devo where we get up and meet the day and open the word and God, you just seem to jump off the page and scream a passage that we've never seen or heard or understood in a way. And with that, Father, work on our hearts. Once we start seeing you for who you are and what you're doing in each of our individual and corporate lives, once we start hearing more of you, Lord, that the voice, the gentle whispers, as I call them, that show up in our life, God, give us a discerning heart for you that beats for you so that we can take what you're showing us, what we're seeing, and what we're hearing, God, and put into action that we have faith with works. And for all the people around us who don't know you or don't know the power of the gospel, let us be verbal about it. Let, us be, let, let their eyes be opened. Let their ears be opened to see what we're doing. But more importantly, let me say it this way, Lord, what you're doing with us. Because that's an example. And that's what you've called us to be. Light bearers, image bearers. Little Christians, as that word actually means. Followers of Jesus. And empower us, Lord, in our own individual walks and circles of influence and impact. 
to lead people to you, to help their eyes be opened, to help their ears be opened, and to help them seek you with all their hearts because that's what your word says. We will find you when we seek you with all our hearts. Bless your word today, Father. Stamp it on our hearts. And may we, may we faithfully walk in your will and represent you each and every day to everyone you place in our life. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.